0: You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. And we're going to take you to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 12. Amen. And then tonight at the conclusion... Uh, We'll we'll dismiss the live stream, but we will have special prayer for several uh, people in critical needs and situations going on. I do want to say thank you. What a beautiful spirit of the Lord we had Sunday. Three baptisms. Amen. In Jesus name. And we praise God for that. And the, the last baptism that we did, most people were gone. There was just a few people still here. A man by the name, and I do take time to mention this now, a man by the name of Danny Kristoff, who uh, has, for lack of a better explanation, several brain tumors that have just just come on so quickly, so swiftly, and just about a month ago, he was he would be uh, able to be as normal as all of you in his mobility and motor skills. in Sunday. He could do nothing more than talk and maybe lift his hands. That was it, he can't sit up in anything. And so thanks to all the men that helped us. And uh, we're not really set up for this, amen. But if they can lower somebody down on the roof, we can find a way to get someone in the baptistry. And so we did. And uh, with everything and all that, that he had to endure people holding him and carrying him up and everything and setting him in there. He wanted to do that. He had made such a main point that he wanted to get baptized didn't have the strength, hardly to utter it. But as we baptized him, I'm going to tell you, I could just feel the sweet love of God and the spirit of the Lord in this place. And I'm going to tell you, God responds to pure obedience and simple faith. Sometimes we can complicate so things, so things so hard and it's just being able to say yes to the Lord and do whatever God wants. So I don't, I don't know what's going on since then. He's, he has, uh, Uh, That was Sunday, and yesterday my father was there with him in the hospital, and he's not able to respond, but he does know what we're saying. And as he prayed for him, uh, even though he can't do anything, he can't respond to anything with a finger raise, with an eye uh, blink or anything. As he began to pray, his eyes flooded up. And so we don't know his state right now, probably at his progression rate, unless the Lord does something, he's, he's not there. Uh, I haven't been able to get a hold of them, but how many knows we can put that in God's hands? And what a powerful thing. It is never too late to say, hey, I got to give my life to God. And maybe his last physical strength as, as they were taking him back, amen. Uh, Sister Teresa said that he just kept saying hallelujah on the way home. He just kept saying, I've never felt, I've never felt joy like this in my life. I've never felt this. I'm going to tell you, this is real. You don't just make this up. This isn't just made up. We're not just here fooling one another. There's something powerful. Amen. This is real. The power of the spirit of the Lord. Amen. And we're going to talk about that. We are in chapter 12 of our series here of 1 Corinthians. And uh, we're talking about the gifts of the spirit. And uh, of course, this is gifts of the spirit. So we're talking about the spirit. Amen. So I want us to pray together if we can. Let's just lift our voice and ask God to touch our hearts and our our minds tonight. Can we do that right now where you're sitting? Can you lift your voice together with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for God, the love of God. mercy and the grace that we feel tonight. I pray that your Holy Ghost would lead us, God, open up our eyes and our hearts and our ears, God, to see and hear what you would have for us tonight. God, I pray that our minds would be open to receive what you have for each and every one of us, God, where we are at in our situation right now. Let the power of the Spirit be at work in each of us, we pray, for your glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It is good to have uh, the new couple, brother and sister McWhorter here, Ethan and Katie. Amen. Give them a great big hand for those of you that don't know. They were married this Saturday in a, a private uh, a wedding, and uh, his father, amen, did the wedding, who is uh, pastors in Petersburg, right? It's Petersburg. And uh, their, their families came together, and we were privileged to be there. So give them a great big hand. Congratulations. Amen. We're talking about gifts of the Spirit here. And last week, we started in chapter number 12. And... We read through uh, the first 11 verses, and we really covered, I guess you could say, we covered the first six or seven verses here. And tonight, I want to focus on verses 8, 9, and 10, which actually outline for us, if you will, nine different gifts of The Spirit. So when we first talk, and and you can go back and catch this, we preface this by a couple things. Paul says, I wouldn't have you be ignorant. This is something you need to know. And then he says to them basically, and I'm loosely paraphrasing, don't allow your carnal lifestyle or your carnal past idolatry to inform or to form uh, or to shape how you handle this Holy Ghost, how you respond to the Spirit. And then he goes on and he says, that there is no one who, under the influence of the Spirit, will ever speak against Jesus Christ. And uh, there, there is there is no one who, under the influence of the Spirit, is going to glorify anything other than Christ. And so if I, uh, you and I are under the influence of the Spirit, I'm not going to speak against Christ. I'm not going to compete with Christ. I'm not going to... Uh, uh, I am not going to uh, self-glory, amen. That That's not of the spirit, that's of the flesh, that's of whatever else. Uh, and he talks about that um, here. And then he goes on and he says that there are diversities, there are differences of administration. He's prefacing this and he's gonna follow it up, but he's saying that the spirit, one spirit, that same spirit, there's one spirit Um and he says, this is the same Lord, it's the same God which worketh in all. Uh, there's diversities of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. Three times he repeats, it is the same Spirit that works, but the Spirit can work differently in different people uh, 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 and in different circumstances, different ways. This, the Holy Ghost has the prerogative and the right to work how it wants to work in us and through us and among us. And so, But it's the same Spirit. So just because the Spirit of God works differently in your life than it does your neighbor's, doesn't mean that your neighbor doesn't have the Spirit of God and doesn't mean that you don't have the Spirit of God. And it also doesn't mean that they're doing it wrong. Okay? So the Spirit of the Lord works. So the Spirit of the Lord works as he will, as he's going to say later on but it does work different. So this is sort of the things that he sets up. This is a very important thing for them. Now, I'd like to jump, if we can, to verse 11. And just to let you know, before we go through the nine different gifts of the Spirit and read this verse here, because he's given nine different ways that the Spirit works. And we're gonna really sort of try to unpack this and just dial in a little bit more, if we can, on these nine gifts of the Spirit that are listed. But look at verse 11. Do you have the mic for us? Read verse 11, if you will. But all these worketh that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So here he is again. He's prefacing it three times, and then he's concluding it again at the end, letting us know that it is the same spirit that is working. It's going to work different, but it is the same spirit that is at work. And then he goes on and says, The spirit divides to every man severally as he wills and that as he will, that is an important, that's an important thing to pay attention to because he's letting us know that it is the spirit. It is the spirit that dictates its operation, not man. We don't dictate the spirit. We don't choose and and tell the spirit what to do. The spirit is not a light switch that we can turn on and turn off and that we can control. No, the spirit does as he will, divides, works as he wills, but our place, our, our, our position, our response... Uh, is to yield to the working of the spirit in us. So I can choose whether or not I allow the spirit to work in my life, but I have to yield to the spirit working in my life because it's the spirit that does the work, not me. It's not me that wakes up and, and chooses those things. So you can't, by being a, a, a Christian, a born again Christian, filled with the baptism of the Spirit, whatever you are in in Christ, you can't get up and choose how the Holy Ghost is going to work in you that day, and dictate that, and say, you know, well, I want to do this, I want to go over here, and you you cannot do that. that that is not uh, that is, that is not right. That's not of God. You have to yield to the Holy Ghost. So the working of the spirit inside of your life. And this is one thing we see in the Old Testament as the spirit of God begins to move on the prophets. A lot of times, if you'll note how often when you're reading through the prophets, the Old Testament prophets, that the Holy Ghost, the spirit of God was leading them or commanding them, the voice of the Lord, the word of the Lord would come to them and was asking them to do something that they did not want to do. And was prompting them to do something that they didn't want to do. How many times did that happen? That happened multiple times. You go back and you look through the prophets. Most of those prophets didn't wake up and say, I want to be a prophet today. I'm going to go out and make everybody mad. I'm going to say, thus saith the Lord, and I'm going to do this. No, oftentimes it was the spirit of the Lord saying, I've chosen you. I've called you. You've got to do this. And what the prophets had to do is the prophets had to learn to yield to the voice of the Lord and the spirit of the Lord. And of course, we know how that works. If you don't yield to the Lord, just ask Jonah. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, so that so that's the main point here. So we're going to dig in a little bit tonight. We're gonna we're gonna drill down a little bit, and then after we drill down, I'm going to tell you why you've got to be careful that you don't. Uh, Uh, Drill why you don't get lost in the details. I guess I could say that because we're gonna drill down to the details and then I'm gonna tell you why you have to be careful that you don't get caught up and hung up in the details because that's what Paul does. That's what Paul does here. It's a powerful, powerful way that he does this. So let's go through, if we will, the gifts of the spirit. Now, first of all, it's the spirit of the Lord that is working in us. So it has already been universally established and 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 this is not part of this Bible say, that we must have the Spirit, that we need to have the Spirit, that the Spirit is for everyone, that the gifts of the Spirit, uh, that the gift rather, the gift of the Holy Ghost of receiving the Spirit is for everyone. And so we see that obviously in Acts, probably Acts two and twenty nine is the first one we would think when he says, "Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost." Um, um and what does he say? For the promise is unto you and to your children, to all them that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Later on he's gonna go and he's gonna talk. Uh and you know, Jesus said, Except a man be born of water and his spirit, he cannot enter, see the kingdom of God. Um uh, he says, "He that believeth on me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water." In John, I think seven, where he uh, uh, John would write later and say this. He was speaking of the Holy Ghost that had not yet been given because Christ had not yet been glorified. Later on, Paul is going to say in Ephesians, he's going to say that we are sealed with that Holy Spirit, a promise which is the earnest of our inheritance. Uh, there's all kinds we could we could go on through the epistles where he's talking about everyone, the gift of the spirit being for everyone. We're not talking here at this point. He's not talking about whether or not the gift of the spirit is for everyone or that there's different spirits. There's not nine spirits. He makes an emphatic, there's one spirit, the same spirit, but that spirit will work differently. And as it worked, he calls he's calling it this gifting. The way the spirit works in your life is a gift. It's a gift unto you. This is a blessing to you. So the spirit working in your life is going to be something that edifies. It's gonna bless you. It's gonna protect you. It's gonna help you. So now let's go through here if we can. And he says uh, in verse seven, but the manifestation of the spirit, praise God. (laughs) Wow, wow. I thought that was thunder. That's just just kids up in the upper room there. Amen. 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 He's moving their spirit. Suddenly there came a sound from the upper parts of the... Amen. Verse 7. Read verse 7, if you will. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Okay, now this this uh, this is important. The manifestation of the spirit. So you have the spirit, you receive the spirit. We know that. We understand that. But then, but then when you have the spirit in your life, how does that spirit work? Now we know we've already talked about this last week. So, so I I beg of you not to make me go there in in Galatians chapter five, the fruit of the spirit. We know the fruit of the spirit. We get all that. We talked about that. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. How that spirit actually can look when it's at work in our life, how the spirit of God being inside of us will look when it's at work in our life. This is the manifestation of the spirit and it's given to every man to profit with all. So this is not just reserved for the preachers. This is not just reserved for the people on the platform. This is for every man. Now, when he says every man, he's he's understanding the context here. This is for every person that is open to receiving the spirit, that has the spirit of God in their life. So the spirit is going to work. The manifestation of the spirit is going to work to profit with all. So this is for your benefit, amen, spiritually. All right, so let's read on. For to one is given by the spirit of the word of wisdom. Okay, so let let's let's look at how he says this here because he's going to start and he's going to give nine. He doesn't say there are nine. He's just going to list gifts, and there happens to be nine different administrations or ways that it works. So could there be more? Um, maybe there's there's definitely probably more manifestations or ways that the Spirit can be at work in our life and manifest than maybe he listed. But I think as a whole, these nine things he gives do summarize, if you will. Uh, we could probably throw everything into one of these categories. So look at what he said, four to one. One individual is given by the Spirit, okay? So he's, he's putting the emphasis here on the Spirit. The Word of Wisdom, okay? And then he goes on to the next one. Read the next. To another. To another. The Word of Knowledge. The Word of Knowledge. By the same Spirit. By the same Spirit. So catch the emphasis here. One's given this, one's given that, but it's by the same Spirit. Now we're in this study we've been walking through Uh, their big issue was division. They are hung up on being divided. And in their division, they're in competition. So Paul, in everything he's doing, is saying the same spirit is working. Now, we know evidently by the way he writes and things he talks about later on, that the spirit, in spite of how, how a mess it was in Corinth, the spirit was at work. Now Paul knows that because he spent a year and a half there in the revival, but the spirits at work and where the spirit is, there is the giftings of the spirit. So the gifts of the spirit are at work and Paul actually, it's actually a mess because of their division. And Paul has to address some things. He will get to that in chapter 14, where he's talking about order through the operation and the gifts of the spirit, because there was chaos. But that chaos was born out of their divisions, it was born out of their prides, it was born out of their prejudices, it was born out of their selfishness, if you will. And so Paul's really trying to address this. Look, when you are uh, blessed by the Spirit and you are blessed by the Spirit, it may be different things, but it's the same Spirit. And he's trying to remind them, you're on the same team. You're on the same side. Amen. Amen. So we don't come and approach the spirit and the manifestations of the spirit, the gifts of the spirit, and put ourselves and pit ourselves against one another. Because as Paul is talking about the gifts of the spirit, he is doing so with a cloak of understanding that there is a unity here. There's no room for division here in the moving of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. So this ought to tell us something. You can't can't expect the Spirit of God to be at work in your life and the Spirit of God to be at work in somebody else's life that you hate. Because it's the same Spirit. And if it's the same Spirit, you're on the same team, you're on the same side. And so this thing has to be understood in unity. Well, praise God. Amen. 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 So this, so, so let's be careful when we dive into the details that we don't get hung up on what Paul's talking about and we miss the bigger issue of the unity that's going here at work. Amen. Amen. Because they do church different or they do this or they do that or whatever, or they have that. And we get all bent out of shape and think, well, we've got a corner on the market of the spirit. Well, you know, I know. And Paul's saying, no, 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 no. To one, he gives this. To another, he gives this. And God chooses how it works and how it ministers. All right. So do you catch that? I want us to highlight that. And then he goes um, in verse 9, he follows that same thing. Read verse 9. To another, faith by the same spirit. There it is. By the same spirit. All right. To another, the gifts of healing by the same spirit. By the same spirit. So four times he says, by the same spirit. And then he goes on and he gives us the other five by being able to put these together. So now what is, so we get what he's talking about here, but what is he talking about when he says, let's go back to verse eight, when he says, the word of wisdom and to another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit and to another faith and to another gifts of healing, to another working of miracles to another discerning, uh, to another, sorry, prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. Nine different manifestations that Paul gives of the Spirit, what we would call nine gifts of the Spirit. And I'm going to go and refer, if I can, right here tonight to uh, the Apostolic Study Bible, um, and you've heard me talk and promote a lot of the study bibles here and I i I did this last week but I'll do it again. This is the Premier Study Bible. I don't know do you have yours? Raise yours up and show everybody that they they sell it in black just in case you don't want the moon suit version. This is the Premier Study Bible. Excellent Apostolic Study Bibles way. Oh, they have one in purple. Praise God. Look at that. They have them in purple too. Anybody have the Apostolic Study Bible with them tonight? Amen. The Apostolic Study Bible, as well, of course, is an excellent study Bible. Has a little bit bigger font, is easier to read. Amen. For those of us who have bad eyesight. And then two books that I'd highly recommend one by Brother Shalom, Spiritual Gifts for a Dynamic Church. And then this one's just called Spiritual Gifts by uh, our Bishop David K. Bernard. Both of those are excellent books, great stuff. If you want to go into in-deep study, this is an excellent thing for a Pentecostal Spirit-filled believer to hold in your library. Those are great things. But I'm just going to go through because I like how they put an article in here by uh, Dr. Daniel C. Graves in the Apostolic Study Bible. And... uh, it, he he does it just on the nine gifts of the spirit, on the gifts of the spirit. It's an excellent little resource here and he puts a great summary on here. So we'll walk through and there's at times here, where I'll look at this and I'll read straight from this and I'll talk about this. But the first thing he gives to us is the word of wisdom, the word of wisdom, the gift of the word of wisdom. What is the gift of the word of wisdom? Now, this is not just wisdom, but this is a supernatural, if you will, impartation of the spirit of God that is in your life that imparts wisdom into your life. This is not coming from study. This is not coming from uh, knowledge because God created us with the ability and the capacity to learn and to study and to know. But we're talking about... Uh, wisdom for life that God will put in your life as a gift of the spirit. You're coming to a decision. Uh, and I don't know, I don't know if you've, you can testify of this, but there have been times where I have found myself in a circumstance that I did not know what to do. I was not trained for, I was not qualified for, but it fell to me. And I, I, I didn't know what to do. And so what do you do when you don't know what to do? Well, the first thing you ought to do always is pray right? Because yes. you don't know what to do, right? You pray and you ask God to lead you. And I'll never forget the first time that I encountered somebody who, um, and, and, and this would be a word of wisdom. The next one is the word of knowledge. And I think the word of knowledge is pertaining to a man, uh, uh, sp- spiritual knowledge about, uh, would you say spiritual illumination kind of thing, things, truths of the word of God. So we're not just talking about knowledge in life. Like all of a sudden you're going to wake up, you're going to wake up and know what to buy in the stock market. That's not what we're talking about here. Okay. That's not what we're talking about in that sense. Um, I'm not saying God couldn't do that, but I'm saying that probably, probably, I'm thinking God's not going to do that. That's not how God works. So if you feel like there's a spirit telling you what to buy, you probably shouldn't trust it. Okay, just, just putting that out there. That was extra there. I don't know. I don't know where that. I don't know. What, I don't know who that was for tonight. I have no clue who that was for. So um, don't raise your hand. Um, but the word of knowledge would be for somebody that's that's truth about God's word. That God can just, and I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. It's happened to me where the Holy Ghost through prayer, you're reading the word, something, all of a sudden it just comes to light and everything comes together. I've heard it at times where people talk about it in the oneness of God, the revelation. They get a revelation about God. They see something. They go to scripture. They're reading it. And all of a sudden God starts putting putting it all together in their mind and they go back. And they study the scriptures, and as they study, they study to find that it's true what God had put in their heart. And so that word of knowledge that gives you a revelation about the things of God, the word of wisdom that will give you wisdom in that moment, what to do, not knowing what to do. I started to tell a story, and I've got to move on, but there was a time where I found ourselves. We were in ministry at at Indiana Bible College, and there uh, we were young. I was 25 and we had been traveling for about four years and they asked me to come back and be the campus pastor there. And so we were there for about five and a half years. And the first, uh, well, there was uh, there was a person, just let me say this, there was a person that all of a sudden I realized they had been cutting themselves right here. And this was a, a, a pastor's uh, child and uh, grew up in church, never had done anything bad in their life. And I saw what was going on and immediately called him into my office, called my wife and, and she came down and we were sitting, didn't know what to do. And it began, began to first pray with her and then talk with her, try to get her to open up. Something was going on. And in that moment, you think, first of all, you can, you, your mind could go to certain places. You're gonna think, well, suicide. You know, you'd think this, what's going on? What else, what else is being played? And I was young, naive, uh, uh, in a lot of ways, didn't know what to do. But in that moment, I was there. I, you know, in that moment, you can't call a lifeline. I was going to recommend things we We had to go through that process of all all the stuff of and and notifying you know her her authorities and all that all that. And at the time I had a friend who was a pastor who was, that was his livelihood and he worked in a public school system uh, with a child psychologist, counselor, all that stuff. And so, but the Holy Ghost began to lead me through different things. And I just began to feel things in the spirit. And I I immediately, when I was done, we we went through all the things and I immediately, when I was done, got on the phone and started calling, making notes, what's going on, what happened and and called. And he began to tell me, I said, okay, first of all, you got to give me a crash course of what I do now, how I hand this off now, what's going on. And uh, of course she was of age and all of that stuff, but everything he had told me that I needed to do The Holy Ghost had literally prompted me to do that before I hadn't gotten there. Now, that was the Spirit of God working through me in a supernatural way in that moment that I didn't know. That is a gift, a manifestation of the Spirit of God working in me. I believe, and I know this can be true, that's just one example, one area of how that can happen. I could go on. Beautiful, beautiful story. Uh, it, It was rather harsh, no clue. It was a horrible thing at what had happened and I won't even give you in all the details of how she had been abused as a child and nobody knew it. And I had the unfortunate task of being the one to peel back all of that pain and all that problem and reveal it in that family and that pastoral home and everything. But, but the healing that came through, I'll never forget one day. And this, this was a Holy ghost thing too. I remember speaking to them and saying, There's going to be a day where you're going to wake up and you're going to go throughout the day and it's going to be afternoon. And all of a sudden you're going to, you're going to realize I haven't thought about this all day yet. And I said, when that day happens, I want you to come and tell me. And it was later on in that very same year. I can't, I'll never forget when they came and knocked on the door. They were so excited. It was like three in the afternoon and they were like, brother, oh my brother, oh my guess what? I just realized I haven't thought about it all day long. So is God a healer? God's absolutely a healer. And they're married and have a wonderful family and they're doing awesome. And they're doing great now. But the Holy Ghost gives you ability to walk through that. Same thing with the word of knowledge. God will give you illumination for this, for things in that time. Now, we today are so privileged. We are so privileged because we have the word of God. We have a Bible with us. I have a lot of Bibles. I have Bibles on my phone. I have, I don't know how many Bible apps I have on my phone. Uh, there is no excuse, right? Because if I need anything, I can go, I can go to the Word of God. I can look here for myself. I can test it for myself. But when the New Testament church came out, they were still reading Bibles off of scrolls. They were still gathering at the synagogues because you couldn't own a Bible. It wasn't logistically possible. You could own a part. I mean, even when they would put it on their door doorpost, the Jews, it was that's just a verse. That's just a few verses. You can't fit the whole thing. And so they would gather. They would go to the synagogue three times a day uh, or three times a week, rather, just to hear the word read orally. And they would know that. So they would know the truth. They would have the word of truth. That was why it was so important for them to come together and to stay together. But they had to depend upon the spirit of God to work for them. Amen. Today, I think we can cheat and we think, well, I got it all figured out. I don't need the Spirit to work in my life. No, you need the Spirit of God. Yeah. You need the Word of wisdom. You need the Word of knowledge to work inside of your heart and to work inside of your spirit. Let's read on. What, what else? So, To another Right? So we have the word of wisdom. That's in verse 8. The word of knowledge by the same spirit. All right. To another? Faith by the same spirit. Faith by the same spirit. So God can give a gifting of faith through his spirit. God can give a gifting of faith. And some people, now Now, sometimes we, we take from this and we, uh, does God give this for a moment? Does God give this for an instance? Or does God give this to somebody perpetually? Do they have that gifting perpetually? I think once you learn to yield to the Spirit of God, it's easy to yield to the Spirit of God. Once you learn to yield in one circumstance, it's easy to repeat that process in your life. So a lot of times when we see this the manifestation of the Spirit in our life, we we will see that manifestation repeated again because we know what it is. We get familiar with what the Holy Ghost is doing. We feel that, and and so we're easy to yield to that. The gift of faith, literally, faith is... a. Uh, uh, the, the gifting to have, if you will, an absolute confidence in, in, in what would seem to be uncertain circumstance or impossible circumstances where God gives a measure of faith, an absolute measure of faith that this is going to happen. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna get through this. Well, what's one example in scripture? Well, let's go to the book of Acts where Paul is shipwrecked. Okay, you don't have to turn there right now. I was just saying that proverbially. But Paul is shipwrecked and uh, uh, they're in a storm. Uh, well, before he's shipwrecked, they're in a storm and they're, 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 they're fretting for themselves. Paul is a prisoner. He's bound. And what does Paul do? He stands up and says, look, I'm on this boat. You're not drowning because God's got a purpose for me and God told me he's not done with me yet, so I'm not gonna drown. So stop crying, stop lying, it's all gonna be okay. I mean, that's, that's actually, I, lo- I love that scene because it's quite humorous that Paul's standing up to a bunch of pagan Romans who are, you know, have him in bonds and he's standing up saying, stop crying, we're all gonna be okay. I'm here and I'm not going to die. That's faith, a measure of faith. And guess what happened? He didn't die. No, he didn't die. Do what I say, follow along, we're going to be okay. And the Bible says they, they they were all spared. They were all okay. He had a measure of faith. And so when he's shipwrecked, he comes up on the sea and he goes up there and he builds a little fire. He's there. He's fine. All of a sudden, a snake comes out, bites his hand, and they all think, oh, you know, he's going to die. A demon's got him there. You know, it was all their mysticism, all of their crazy religious traditions. They were saying that. And he's just sitting there, no, I'm not going to die. And then he didn't die. And they're like, oh, he must be God. He didn't die. You know, they're like getting it all messed up. And Paul's just like, stop. I'm, I'm on a mission. God's got, God's got this. Amen. That's a measure, a gifting, a manifestation of faith. Amen. Yes. Praise God. So we can have faith. Amen. We can have faith. We can have faith. Well, I'll tell you a, a, good, contemporary, a good contemporary thing. Well, maybe, maybe I shouldn't go here. <laughs> but a good contemporary manifestation we all just lived through, I think everybody in here lived through this, was the pandemic. <laughs> faith. Amen. amen. Now it was frustrating. It was upsetting. It was disturbing. It was uncomfortable. It was discomforting all those things, but Hey, God's got this. Yeah. Amen. We don't have to worry. We don't have to, we don't have to lose. We don't have to lose our heads. We don't have to run around and scream and be anxious and all that stuff. God's got this. Amen. So a measure of faith that comes down the church. Amen. That's, that's the gift of the Holy ghost. Now in my natural state, I'm losing my mind, right? I mean, in our normal state, we're just going, we're just, I'm I'm anxious, I'm worried about everything, but the measure of faith, the gift of the Holy Ghost, the measure of faith, amen, comes and blesses you, amen. I've seen the ministry, uh, uh, the manifestation of faith at work in, in my mom's life. I can say this, I don't know how they did it. I don't know that I would do it, but I know, I know mom loved me so much she'd worry over me all the time when I was a child. She'd just worry over every little thing. And then when I was 16, I think I was 16 years old, I still don't know how this happened. When I was 16 years old, a pastor invited me to come up and spend a month at their church in Ontario, Canada. And so at 16 years of age, I got in a car that my parents only paid $500 for, drove it for two years and then they gave it to me and drove 15 hours north into Ontario, Canada, by myself, crossed the border to go to do work in a church for a month. And I look back now and say, how did my worrying mother ever sleep? There's no way I'm doing that. Ever sleep. How did she let that happen? Well, that's a that's that's the manifestation of the gift of faith right there that she knew. You know what, God? I've asked her so many times, Mom, how did you do that? And she said, Well, I knew, I knew if you were gonna work for the Lord, I just had to put it in God's hands and just go. Yep. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I was like, Well, that's pretty good right there. You gotta put that, you gotta put that in God's hands and you gotta go. That helped me. I'm gonna tell you that right there, what, what she did in that little measure of that. She may have thought, you know, well, this is nothing. No, that's huge because later on when God would call me, call us to evangelize and we're just traveling around the nation, just at whim, going wherever the Lord takes us, living on whatever people give us. That's that's the same thing that Brother Sister Blake did as they evangelized, go on the mission field, and you're just trusting God for your every step. I don't know, I don't know where my next I I don't I know I got bills that are coming, but I don't know where my next next paycheck's coming from. I don't know how that's working, but you know what? God's got this. If God called me, God'll provide. Amen. Amen. And that's a measure of faith. Hey, God's got this. Amen. So a measure of faith. Praise God. That's what faith is. Let's go on. To another. To another. The gifts of healing. Gifts of healing. Gifts of healing by the same spirit. So there are people that are gifted. Amen. That have a gifting, that have a manifestation, a gifting for healing. I've seen that. I've seen that work in people's life. I've seen that work in people's ministry. People have a measure, a gifting of praying for the sick, healing, literal healing, healing manifestation in different ways for healing for different things. Um, people, people have that blessing and, and and to see see that work. Amen. Go on to another, the working of miracles, the working of miracles. This is different from healings. This would, this would pertain to maybe, maybe what we would say defying the laws of nature where we've seen ministries uh, uh, or manifestations of the spirit work in people defying the laws of nature, things that do not make sense, that are unexplainable, the working of miracles, now we've seen this here, and we've seen this here in America, but we've seen it most pronounced. I would say a lot of these giftings, or some of these giftings of the Spirit, we see most pronounced in in foreign places, in foreign fields, in different areas, in different different places. And we've had missionaries, and we've had other people here that have shared testimonies and things about supernatural miracles that have been done. Uh, I'm thinking of some of them right now that I can't mention publicly online. Uh, but of miracles that have happened that defy the laws of nature, things that do not happen that are happening because, amen, of the the power of God. I don't know the details because I'm not on social media, so I miss a lot of the news. But I think my wife was telling me that I think it was at Hawaii where all the fires were. One of the churches there was talking about the testimony of how it was all coming and it was blowing and it's deteriorating everything. And when it got, it just goes right around. It goes right around. Uh, I've heard of stories where that's happened. We saw it when, when the great tsunami that took place in the Thailand tsunami. I think it was it. When was that? I can't remember what year that was now. 07, 08, 09. I can't remember. When that tsunami happened, there were stories of people where the the water literally coming like a wall. And it came in. And then it would just go around. When we were in uh, we did a short, short missions trip to the Bahamas right after we got married and we were there at the church and I met, I can't remember her name, but when the hurricane, I can't remember what hurricane it was that came and she stood up on her table right in the middle of her house and uh, just prayed. And as it came, she said, "Everything else was wiped out, but just it was like it went around there." And those are just similar examples of things where it's happened, of times where God's put somebody right in the space where where uh, where you you things that have happened where God. Almost bring somebody to bring something there that doesn't, and then all of a sudden they're gone, and you're thinking, "What happened? How did this happen?" Like when God fed the prophet through the ravens, and it comes down, working of miracles, things that, but things that defy the law of nature. Amen. Um, go on, read on. Let's read on to another prophecy. To another prophecy. This is this is the the utterance, uttering, prophesying to speak something that uh, would would. Uh, well, well, let me go. I, I want to read this. Let me read this here from, because I think they, they verse this right. The gift of prophecy. There's a difference between the ministry of a prophet and a person who has the gift of prophecy. Prophets will tend to have the gift of prophecy, but not everyone with the gift of prophecy is a prophet. And I think that's a very important thing because the gift is for everybody. And it says the prophet is an equipping gift to the church, but prophecy is the act of prophesying. Uh, and he refers to uh, here First Corinthians chapter fourteen and verse thirty-one. Prophecy is the ability to speak words, and I, this is this is what I was looking for. Prophecy is the ability to speak words given by the Holy Spirit. This is an ability to speak something given by the Holy Ghost, where God is speaking something in your life. Uh, that's the Holy Ghost. So you're prophesying something to the Holy Ghost. Now God will never. God will never be in competition with himself. He'll never be contrary to himself. He'll never speak anything that is contrary to the word of God and to the principles of God. And so everything is grounded in that. But there are times where, and and there are times where you need a verse, but you can't recall that verse or whatever. But in that moment, and this is why I said earlier uh, or last week, I believe that the gifts of the spirit are as as much or more for our life and ministry outside the church walls than they are inside the church wall. Because inside the church walls and the company of the body, we, we have the scripture. We know the scripture. There's the word. There's nothing more powerful than the word. You can stand on the word. It's forever settled. God said, I've exalted the, my word above my name, even. We know how powerful and mighty the name of Jesus is. The word of God is forever settled. But there's times where you're out there and all of a sudden you, the, the spirit of God will move on you to speak something. Amen. I am led to speak something by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is telling me something right now that we must do right now Uh, uh, or for somebody. That's, that's, That's a gifting of prophecy there that you would speak in your life. Amen. He goes on and says, like all the vocal gifts, prophecy is in some measure placed under the control of the believer, because this You have to be sensitive enough to the Spirit to to discern that the Spirit's trying to speak to you. And then you have to know what the Spirit's saying. You have to know this is the Spirit. This isn't me. This isn't something else. This is the Spirit. And then you have to yield to that. As you yield to that, you have to yield to be able to speak that. And when you speak that, it's a vulnerable thing. It's a vulnerable thing. Don't say, thus saith the Lord, if the Lord didn't say. Because you put yourself in a dangerous place when you start doing that. Amen. Let's read on to another discerning of spirits, to another discerning of spirits. So this is the ability in, in, in the Holy Ghost to be able to discern spirits, to discern a man between human, uh, divine, demonic. I can discern spirits and so discern things that you sense. sometimes not everything that you encounter is demonic. Sometimes, well, that's just a whole lot of flesh. Amen. The Lord helped me early on to learn the difference between immaturity and carnality. Some people are straight up carnal. Some people are straight up in a spirit of rebellion. That opens up the door for the demonic. That can lead to things. Then there's other people. They're just immature. They're just just foolish. They're, They're just being immature. They're not being carnal. Don't, you know, they're, they're not, they're just, they're just immature. They're going to grow up someday. They're going to look back and say, why did I do that? That was the dumbest thing in the world. That, you know, they're going through. There's different things. Uh, but then sometimes discerning of spirits. Hey, there's something here. Maybe I can't put my finger on, but this isn't right. I don't like this. Okay? So my wife loves the thrift all the time. And our kids are in here tonight. Amen. I'm going to keep going for just a few more minutes because I got a few more minutes on the clock. My wife loves the thrift. And she, she brought, I'll, I'll share this story. She brought a picture home. Can I share this story? Because we're talking about discerning of spirits. This is very important. She brought a picture home. It was just an old picture. Nothing. Don't think anything of it. But, but then all of a sudden, our son told us that he, he was scared. He didn't want to go in a, into a particular room by himself, the living room. He didn't want to go in there by herself. Well, buddy, why? What, what not? And he said, well, because, because she, I can't remember how it was. She, 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 she says mean things. And all of a sudden, your Holy Ghost radars are like, "Bing! What? Who? Where?" Yeah. We walk him in here, and he, and he points. He points, to, to, you know, to that. That's it. All right, Mama. Didn't matter how much she loved it. Didn't matter what deal it was. Whatever. That thing was going out. Amen. She's taking that out. No, nothing's too valuable. Amen. Well, you now. Now, I could go around and say, Luke, I, I need you to say that about a few more things in the house, but I don't. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. Okay, and and we don't want to abuse things, and we don't want to be foolish, you know, and say, "Aha, you know, you know." I, I think you can get crazy where all of a sudden the devil's in, you know, your cheeseburger and everything else that you've got. You know, I'm not talking about that, but there are things that, as we go throughout the world, there's things that we can encounter, there's things that we can have. There, there can be, uh, and and this is not uncommon. There can be books. That have stuff. There have been books that have in my library and in my research, uh, uh, car, uh, I wouldn't say carnal, not carnal books, but secular books, secular ideas that I've taken and I've read, and all of a sudden, man, I just got a check in my spirit like this is not good. I don't need to keep this in my house. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to give any place to that. I'm going to take that out. Music, music. Today, today, it's it's not hidden. It's so vulgar. The lyrics. Be careful what kind of music you're allowing into, um, not only that, the medium of television movies, you think all oh, this is just some kind of innocent little thing and you don't know it has all kinds of nods to to uh you know ancient mythologies and witchcraft and all kinds of things and 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 you know be careful what kind of things you're bringing in and playing with. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, simple stuff. People think, oh, there's no harm in a Ouija board, you know, kind of thing. No. You know how many people have gotten sidetracked and messed up off of that stuff by entertaining spirits, familiar spirits, bringing that stuff in? No, you get, you get out of that. So discerning of spirits. Whew, you can feel something sometimes and you just go around. Okay, God, what is it? What, what do I need to get rid of? What do I need to back off from? What do I need to take away? And that is the gift of the Holy Ghost at work manifest in your life. And that's a gifting that the Lord gives you. Discerning of spirits. Not only things, people. Yes. Hello? Okay, maybe a discerning of spirit. Maybe there's place, places. When I go to places, oh, there's a check. I feel something. I don't need to be here. People. Okay, you know what? Uh, I don't, I don't know that this is a comfortable place. It's not a place. There are places that I go as I have to minister. There are places that I will go when I minister. I'm going to go, but I'm going by my, I'm not going, I may not go by myself, but I'm not taking someone that is a, a, a child, immature, somebody that's naive. I don't, I don't want them around that stuff. I'm taking somebody that's strong in the Holy Ghost. Say, okay, we're going to walk into this environment. We're going to go pray. We're going to do, do something here. So that's discerning of spirits. Okay, read on. To another diverse kinds of tongues. To another diverse kinds of tongues. So different kinds of tongues. The ability to speak in languages, different languages that, that you do not know. Okay? So this is, this is unknown to you. Now, when we receive the Holy Ghost, we speak in a language. They spoke with Tongues. As the Spirit gave the utterance. So we know that context, the Spirit gives the utterance. But this is a manifestation of the Spirit where you would speak in a language that you do not know. And then read on to the next one. To another, the interpretation of tongues. The interpretation of tongues. So the gifting that there is a time where when somebody speaks in an unknown language through the power of the Holy Ghost, that somebody else in that moment would be given the interpretation of that in their native language, in the language that they would be given understanding of that. Now, in chapter 14, we'll talk about this in detail about how that actually works in operation. And Paul did address that because it was chaos. But what Paul, what they understood was that when the Holy Ghost came, and this is not talking about, uh, you know, in Acts 8, Acts Acts 10, Acts 19, Acts 2, where they received the Holy Ghost, they prayed for them, they heard them speak with tongues, prophesy the Spirit of the Lord, would move on them. Um, This is talking about the ability, a gifting to speak in a language that you do not know uh, 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 in the Holy Ghost. And that ought to happen. When you receive the Holy Ghost and and the Spirit of God is moving you, pray. Uh, You speak in a language that you don't know, but but I have... I've experienced this. I think you all have experienced this. A lot of times when that happens, as it happens repeatedly, there's similarities or there's similarities of sound and similarities. of. But then there's times, there's manifestations, times where when you are praying, you're praying and as somebody would say, for lack of a better, I was praying in a new tongue. I I don't know what I was saying, but I was praying. The Holy Ghost was just moving. As I was yielding to the spirit, the Holy Ghost was giving an utterance out of my heart. Some people are given the manifestation of that freedom and that ability to speak in a language that they do not know. And then there is a gifting of interpretation of what somebody is saying. The purpose for that gifting is for edification. It is for understanding that God is giving a message. The Holy Spirit is speaking in that moment and God is giving a message. And Paul says later on that was for the unbeliever for the unbeliever to know, to identify. And so we'll see this happen. Have you ever been in a service where there's a moment and it's more than just somebody that's just praying and praying in the Holy Ghost, as we would say, or praying in the Holy Spirit. But as we're praying, all of a sudden, someone speaks out. They begin to speak out in a very clear, distinct tongue. And it's like sometimes people refer to it, we, we, we make up things sometimes because we don't know best how to explain things. And people refer to like a holy hush that everybody, all of a sudden, there's a there's a focus in the spirit. God's doing something. And all of a sudden, the spirit of God, the spirit of God works in unity. It doesn't work in competition. And and it's a beautiful thing when you're in that moment in the Holy Ghost where there's a unity that comes in that room. And all of a sudden, one person begins to speak and, and a tongue pronounced, it's, and it's not, it's, not done, it's not done to bring spotlight onto them. It's not done in a manner that's defiant. It's not done in a manner that's distracting. It's done in an order. There's all of a sudden the Spirit is moving, and the Holy Ghost moves, and as it happens, you can almost feel it throughout the room, and there's a unity in the room. And then there'll be a waiting moment where we'll wait, wait. Okay. If there's someone, if the Holy ghost is going to speak to us, God will speak again. If God chooses to speak through an interpretation, God will give somebody that interpretation and they'll speak the interpretation. And, you know it's real because you can feel it in that moment, but it defies your mind. It is a supernatural moving of the Holy Ghost. Paul says, sometimes there'll be a waiting there and somebody else will speak in, a, in, a, in another tongue and then there'll be a waiting and somebody else will speak in another tongue. And Paul says, look, he said, there was so much competition going on in the church of Corinth that everybody was wanting to speak in a tongue. The Holy Ghost moving on me, so I'm gonna let the And there was competition, there was all these things. And Paul said, look, at the most, one, two, three times at the most, and then if, if there's no interpretation, you move on from there. You don't let this become, this does not become some kind of a sideshow. You know, who's the holiest, who has the most you know, power, who's, who's taking authority, stepping up and you're vying for all this. That's missing the point. If there's going to be an interpretation, let there be an interpretation. What is God saying in that moment, in the spirit, in that moment? And I'm going to tell you, I, I've been around this thing long enough. I don't, I, we have the word of God. We, I don't think that, you know, some people think, well, you haven't had a move of God until you had tongues and interpretation. And it has to happen every service. Well, I don't think it has to happen every service because the purpose of it is to edify and to strengthen. And God can do that in many ways, as we're going to see later on in chapter 13. But Paul is saying, this is giftings and manifestations. And I can't tell you how many times of examples, personal examples of times where the spirit of God has moved. And the most amazing are usually in places where Unbelievers are there and they see something. Now there's times where we can be in a prayer and the Holy Ghost move and there's a warmth and a comfort that comes where everybody in the room speaks the same language, but there's a warmth and a comfort. And, and probably the most pronounced tongues and interpretation I ever had in my life or I witnessed in my life, I'll never forget because it was in 1989 and my, my dad's elder brother of 11 years had been tragically killed. In the middle of the night, we were all called together and we all go over to my aunt's house and, and all the families there and it, it was a horrifying event. And my father had to wake up my cousins and tell them it was it was an awful thing. And that is etched in my nine-year-old mind. And I uh, I, I was sitting there and we're all sitting there. And what what do we know to do? What do we know to do but to pray? Those of us that were in church, we were praying. And those of us that were out of church, they were praying too. Because that's all we knew to do. And right there in that room, we prayed. And out of nowhere, in that I, I can't even remember all the details then, But somebody right in that moment, the Holy Ghost, we had one of those moments right there. Now we're talking about tragedy in in more ways. I don't give all the context, but right there, the Holy Ghost began to move. And that same spirit where the spirit of God was just quiet, there was a unity. Okay, the Holy Ghost is now in the midst of this tragedy. The Holy Ghost is trying to minister to us. And all of a sudden, my aunt, who had just lost her husband, who had given, they had given seven years of their life to go out west to start a church and, or to build a church, to start a church, and then, and, and then to pastor a church. And they, they literally gave everything, they lost everything. While they were out there, my dad's mom uh, went out there and she died while she was watching the grandkids while my aunt was in surgery for cancer. And then they literally came back. They lost everything. They gave everything for the ministry and they, they, they lost everything and they came back and in all of that and everything, God right there began to move on her. And she gave an interpretation in the middle of that moment and the interpretation in that moment. I'll never forget. I get the gist, but the details, I may not know every word, but, but the gist of it was I have called my servant home. He has been faithful. He has served me. He has given everything. He's passed the test. And God says, I am taking him home to rest. Right in that moment. Now, that didn't lessen the pain of the loss. But in that moment, all of us, we vividly knew, okay, you can't argue with God. God did this in a moment. God did this in a moment. He probably never knew what hit him. We, we, he, 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 he probably suffered no pain. He was gone in a moment. God took his life. I think, how old was he? 40, 46 years of age. And God took him in that moment. And there was this word. That was a gifting of the spirit that was given to comfort us. And who gave the interpretation was the one that had to suffer the most. That God was doing it. That was a word from God that lodged in my heart. I can't tell you how many other times I'll tell you, I was in New Brunswick, Canada, all the way up the Miramichi preaching before I was married in the month of March. There was five feet of snow on the ground and I was way up there preaching way up. And I was at a church preaching for, oh, I can't remember his name now, but I was at Miramichi, Brother Carter a Carter, he now pastors in St. John. And I was preaching for him. This is 21, 22 years ago. And there was a man that I met there that was that, that had been brought to the Lord. There was a daughter work or a preaching point that they were doing a few hours north of there. Far reaches, there was a, a native tribe of people that literally their um, uh, their population is so dwindled now. There's, there's like... Maybe a hundred of them left that even speak their native languages, only a handful of them that were able to speak it fluently. And somehow they got invited to a Pentecostal church. and they came to that service, And at that service, the Spirit of the Lord began to move. I'll never forget them telling me this. And when the Holy Ghost moved, they had tongues and interpretation. And while those men, two of those men from that native tribe, I wish I could remember what tribe that was, a language that had been lost that nobody knew, they come to this Pentecostal service. And here in this place, when somebody began to speak in tongues in that moment, it was their native language. And and they knew there's no way that person knows this. And then somebody gave the interpretation and they knew there's no way this person knew this. And it lined up the same. I can't tell you of how many times that's happened overseas to pastors and missionaries and people that'll go over there and that's happened in places and then people come up and ask them, do you know or whatever, but they were speaking that language and they testified and and going overseas and being over there and watching that and hear people say, I know what they were saying. My wife was praying at a a mission trip when she was in Spain and a person in the church came over and told her what she was saying as she was praying. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. That's a supernatural working of the Holy Ghost, a gifting of the Holy Ghost that God is using. Now, why would he speak with tongues unless he's trying to show somebody what he's doing here and God proves himself. So these are manifestations, gifts of the spirit that God gives to the church for the purpose of edification. Amen. Amen. So we're going to close with this. So, so stand together with me tonight because we are people of the spirit. We are people of the spirit. We need the spirit. We, we preach the spirit. You have to have the spirit. And with the spirit, you're going to have manifestations of the spirit, how the spirit is at work in your life. And I'm here to tell you as a pastor, you need to be sensitive and open to the gifting of the spirit of God to work in your life. We as a church have to be sensitive and open to the gifting of the Lord working in our life. We don't want to say, well, we've got enough Bible here that we're going to quench the Spirit. We don't need the Spirit. Well, no, we do need the Spirit. Amen. We need to wait on the Spirit. Yes. The Spirit of God works in harmony with the Word of God. Amen. I want the gifts of the Spirit to be the manifestations of the Spirit. I like how Paul says that, the manifestations of the Spirit. I want them to be evident, and I want them to be at operation in my life. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know even everywhere you're going to be. You may think you do, but there's going to be places, I can tell you, if you've not already been, where you're going to need a word of wisdom, where you're going to need a word of knowledge, where you're going to need a gift of faith. There's going to be times, a season, maybe not everybody corporately, maybe it's just you individually, and you're going to need a word of faith to say, no, God is getting us through this. God is walking me out of this. God is bringing me out of this. There's going to be time, gifts, healings, miracles. Amen. Prophecy. Yes. Amen. Discerning of spirits. Yeah. Amen. Tongues and interpretation yeah. where God can work. How do you think our missionaries that talk about this, there are missionaries that are going into access challenge nations right now. We have missionaries that we are sending and you know what? We are sending them without a Bible because if they have a Bible, they get seen with a the Bible, they find a Bible, they get arrested, they get sent home. No, they'll they'll take Bibles and they'll smuggle Bibles. They have a Bible somewhere kind of thing, but they have to hide them. But when they go and walk around and they witness, they don't have the luxury that you and I have to pull the Bible out. They have to have the word of God hid in their heart. And they have to have the Spirit of God at work in their heart. They have to depend on the Spirit of God so much when they go over those places. I'm going to tell you, we can be we can fool ourselves into thinking, we, we've got this, we know how to do church, we don't need the Spirit. No, we need the Spirit. And we've got to depend on the Spirit. You need the Spirit. Every household needs the Spirit of God. This is not just for pastors, this is not just for us. Every household needs the Spirit of God. Amen. Needs the Holy Ghost to move in their life. Can we lift our hands right now? Lord, I thank you today for your spirit. Thank you for the working of the Holy Ghost.